back welcome once again to another episode of mike mike and oscar i'm your co-host mike one co-host also mike along for the ride here as we have a big set of nominations to go through what used to be the the biggest precursor set once upon a time are now trying to come back with somewhat of a vengeance and a mea culpa as it were the hfpa announced the nominations for the 80th golden globe awards michael and we're going to go through them. yeah it's a it's a big day again and and that's fun However, yeah, like, look, go back to all our older episodes. We have covered the hell out of this H- HFPA story. We have been very frustrated with them. We have been downright angry with them. We have been, you know, on the record about the whole saga that has led up till now. I think and I hope that they are making some strides in the right direction. But we will be wincing. You know, kind <laughs> of just I- I'm bracing for a lot of awkwardness, but I'm still hopeful enough to where I could embrace these noms a little bit because dude, there's 80 years of history here. Yeah. Where we can bank on this as an award show to be something of a precursor. And yes, it does matter. And anybody who says the globe's just globe, they're not paying attention to the stats. And I Mm -hmm. got some of those, you know, even the last 10 years stats. I mean, it's usually 60 to 80%. You know, it's yeah. something like a crossover that's really strong. So we got to take note. And we'll see where the HFPA goes from here. As we mentioned on our last episode, this would, for all intents and purposes, sounds like it might be or will be the last Golden Globes broadcast on NBC, ending that years-long relationship between the HFPA and NBC there. They're going to be looking for a new home, uh, at least streaming or television-wise, after, uh, what is this, January 9th, I think the show is. The show's going to be on a Tuesday as well, another change in pace for the show that's usually on a, a Saturday night or a Sunday night. So a lot of changes going on with the HFPA mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, except maybe the ones that matter most and got them in trouble in the first place, like also Mike was just alluding to, but we will cover it. Let's start with the tallies by picture to start this show off. Banshees of Inishirin, maybe a surprise to hear. They had the most noms of any movie on the night. They finished with eight Golden Globe noms, and that's actually the most noms at the Golden Globes for any movie since Cold Mountain in 2003 had eight themselves, and Cold Mountain on that night went one for eight on the night. So... This is exactly how our friendship is going to come to a culmination <laughs> point at some point. We we know this. I think we both got some Irish in us, don't we? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, yep. anyway, so you you will laugh more heartily at that uh, in the you know when you turn on your HBO Max. Uh, I don't know which of us is Colin Farrell, and which is uh, of us is Brendan Gleeson, but we're both Brendan Gleeson. I think <laughs> <laughs> we might both be Brendan Gleeson. That should be a tagline of our show. But go ahead, every, everything. Mike, through. Mike, and Oscar, we're both Brendan Gleeson. That's it. Brendan Gleeson raises his head from his newspaper at his kitchen table somewhere. Huh? Does he have a Guinness? I think he should always have a Guinness. At any time of day, yeah. It's his morning Guinness as opposed to his evening Guinness. I agree. Everything Everywhere All at Once has six noms. That's in second place. The Fablemans and Babylon each carry five noms apiece. With three noms apiece, we had Elvis, Pinocchio, and Tar. And then two... 
Purr, we had Avatar The Way of Water, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery, and Top Gun Maverick, all four sequels with two apiece. And then we also had The Menu, RRR, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking with Tuper as well. Uh, rough day for women talking, probably, of any of those. Yeah. Which was once being taken as a serious threat to Best Picture. But let's start with Best Picture, and we'll start talking about the Golden Globe for Best Picture Drama. The nominees are Avatar The Way of Water, Elvis The Fableman's Tar, and Top Gun Maverick make the field. As for comedy or musical, we had Babylon, The Banshees of Sharon, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Glass Onion, and Triangle of Sadness. And we'll do our best to be listing things this entire episode. You're welcome. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's, it's really what we strive for most in MMO is just to make sure we throw lists and numbers. That's at you right. As much Lists, as we can. numbers. You got to keep up, folks. Mm-hmm. Got to keep up. Look. So who missed? Here's another list. No, I I, I use Clayton Davis by the way, who's got a perf, a beautiful layout. And Feinberg put out his forecast today on THR as well. I didn't have time to touch to, to really touch it. I, I didn't used, even read that. Yeah. But uh, that's out there. I got it via my uh, notifications. Anyway, who missed? At the Globes, we had uh, Women Talking, like you said, The Woman King, which actually got, I saw that from Feinberg. It got bumped out of his top 10 because it missed here at the Globes. Living, Wakanda Forever, A Man Called Otto's getting some early love. Yeah, a lot of people like that. I would have figured A Man Called Otto, 13 Lives, these were very Globesy in the past, right? Just a lot of white 13 people. 13 Lives especially, not getting any noms is a bit mm-hmm. of a surprise, sure. Yeah, I would have figured like 13 lives. If it had a chance, I'd had a chance at the Globes. Uh, Empire of Life, Light, not a great day either. The Whale, she said, Bones and All, Inspection, Causeway, After Sun, Till, or, or the rest of that list, Mike. Of I'm not going to call it snubs because I called everything snubs in the past, but I've been... I've been getting reprimanded on Twitter by some people. You know, everything's not a snub. I agree. It's the wrong use of the words. Give me names. (laughs) No, they're misses. They're misses. (laughs) But women talking is probably a snub, I would say. And we'll we'll see that come to fruition at the Critics' Choice in my mind. The Woman King is probably a snub. And then Wakanda Forever. Like, they've been in the middle of the punditry picks for a long time now. and, And they're not here. Uh, interestingly enough, Woman Talking taking up Scott's last spot amongst the front runners for Best Picture. Woman King and She Said are 11 and 12. Triangle of Sadness sitting there at 13. Till all the way down there. 13. Till is down just around uh, yeah. 13 lives, as a matter of fact. Just as a quick recap there. The new HFPA voting body being what it is, I haven't read anything about what, if any, crossover with the Academy this new HFPA has. But we know the former HFPA had, like, I think it was one member in common between mm. they voted on for the Golden Globes and voted for the Academy. So take all of this for whatever you think it's worth. That said, Tar has been up and down, but it makes the, the cut here. It's kind of been something I've been focusing on. Elvis is in a best films list. That hasn't happened often amongst the critic circles that we've seen. And not only does it make the best uh, the best picture list, it makes the best picture drama here, which again is always fun to have the musical or the most musical movie be <laughs> in the not musical or comedy section. It's in the drama section. When are they going to change this, please? I mean, I get it. Like the stats <laughs> support dramas crossing right. over. I'll have those stats for these people in a minute. But I mean, it, it is the most musical movie of the year every year that's in the drama category. It's stupid. It's effing stupid and we've seen it see it not pay off right like a star mm-hmm. is born we were just talking about before we hit record the record record here <laughs> a star is born played drama because they thought they were a big threat for for best picture and they ended up getting beat out by bohemian rhapsody which everyone laughed out of the building when it was played as a drama at the golden globes 
Uh, I think we figured that out, though. We did a, we did some sleuthing on why Brian that May happened. can be bought, it seems, allegedly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they're <laughs> on a the yacht. They probably could be bought, yeah. We're in the, uh, it was 12 Angry Men, basically, yeah. but they have Fez hats on. I've already performed <laughs> this once for you today, but I'll do it a second time. Yes, please. Uh, and the Fez hats are in the one room. I picture, like, Senator Palpatine in the Star yep. Wars Senate. Just a bunch okay. of old men on... <laughs> In a room with like a cascading kind of thing, you know where they like perform the autopsies in a in a professor's uh, basement uh, in like a staring in down a uni- at him university, all yeah. staring down at him, mm-hmm. and they're like, so if Beale Street could talk, Black Klansman or Black Panther, <laughs> all these old bigots in the room. Are yeah. you kidding me? No, there's one guy in the corner that just goes, Dale. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. There you go. There you go. Right for that. Yeah, no. It's either a Star is Born or Bohemian Rhapsody. They're not going to pick any of these beautiful black uh, communal uh, heroic movies. Like, we were banging the table for that freaking year, idiots. They picked Bo Rap, which is, again, a musical. <laughs> and not good. Here we are. Again. I don't care. I'm done. I'm done pulling punches and being nice to films that are not good. That movie's not good. <laughs> it's not good. It's f- kind of fun at times. It should not be awarded like best pictures of the no, year. Anyway, w- where are we going with this? You were saying. Well, yeah, I have a question. Do you mm-hmm. think this is the best picture 10? Do we have it? I mean, I, I think Triangle of Sadness, everybody agrees, is probably the weakest of the best picture possibilities here that made the best picture category on the even though it was on the comedy side but i don't know what do you think is the second most vulnerable to not make best picture at the oscars amongst these 10 films of the golden globes i'll tell you this like we've had years where like music was nominated a completely offensive film Mm -hmm. that's true we've had years where there's like there's no way in hell that movie's getting nominated from the comedy or musical side of things we've had years where all five comedy or musical noms did not get picked right and at least this year you can make the argument that i think they're in the mix so look historically the drama noms carry over better and i'll I'll get into those stats in a second here i do think avatar elvis fableman's tar and top gun i think they're in right now i would not be quite as sure about avatar yet i'll believe it when i truly see it uh tomorrow night but i think banshees isn't well, Banshees is a uh, comedy or musical, right? So Banshees. Oh, I see. I, I apologize. Yeah. Go ahead. Anyway, I'm, I I do think Banshees is probably safer. And what was the other one that's from the comedy or musical side that's probably safer? That would be Banshees and Everything Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. I think yeah. those are like those seven to me yeah. make sense. And then Glass Onion, Triangle of Sadness, and Babylon. So this is a good question. We're working our way through it, uh, stumbling, bumbling. But I <laughs> think that I think that having seen Glass Onion. I don't need Glass Onion in this 10 for my best picture, but that's just me. Uh, I do think it is stronger in terms of the punditry. I think there's a a path for it with screenplay for sure. Janelle Monae, I would still think, has a more than a puncher's chance. Da- Daniel Craig has a puncher's chance after getting noms here. Production design probably should be in the conversation if it's not. So I could see a path for Glass Onion, but... I would say Glass Onion is indeed vulnerable. And then Babylon and Triangle of Sadness, up till now, have been vulnerable. So I would still say Babylon just because of the polarizing reception. But if, I mean, it's a good question. Babylon or Glass Onion are probably 
and Avatar for that matter, they're probably I, I could I could see them missing out. I could. Avatar, obviously, we haven't seen yet, and the reception has been you know glorious. Form. Yeah. The night of it was great, and then since people are a day removed now from the red carpet and all the hullabaloo, oh. I've seen more negative takes on it. Oh, are they? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what a shock. Two or three, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but but that said, Scott has Avatar above Top Gun right now. He's got Avatar at his number three slot for front runners. He's hearing picture. some things. No, yeah. it's a it's it was a glorious first reception, so it yeah. makes some sense. And plus, the way they voted for it today at the Globes, it, it it's comes off strong. I mean, they voted for it uh, for director, for Christ's sake. So, mm. look, at, I think uh, historically the dramas are, are, are much stronger, and that pay, plays out with the stats. 45 of the 66 Globe nominees for, for a picture that cross over with, with the Oscars in the last 10 years, 45 come from the drama category, uh, side of things, and then 21 come from the comedy or musical side. So if you actually take the number of nominated best pictures at Oscar, that's 66 of 87, and that is a 75% crossover, which is a strong, Michael, a strong crossover based on these award shows uh, when you compare Critics' Choice. I, I think only BAFTA had, it doesn't have anymore, a stronger crossover. And we've done this. We've done this out in the past. Which show has the strongest crossover historically? And guess what it is, my friend? Yeah. <laughs> it is the indeed the Golden Globe. So anybody who says it's just Globes be Globin, uh, they're not paying attention to the stats. And that is that, 75%, man. You got to take that seriously. So, yeah, I, I, I think this is a good exercise. Which of these are the strongest? Triangle of Sadness did very well at the European Film Awards. Mm-hmm. That's typically an indicator. We've seen the favorite, Cold War. We've seen a lot of eventual Oscar noms launch themselves there or – have a big day there so the fact that triangle of sadness was so dominant at the european film awards gives me hope that it that it could indeed be a factor in in more than one category but like you're saying it probably should have been screenplay or maybe i'm jumping the gun here should have been screenplay uh as much as as anything and they didn't go for it in screenplay here well, let's be honest. I mean, based on those stats and based on upcoming stats, the the eventual best picture winner is all more than likely here. We're staring at it because nine of the last ten Oscar best picture winners first received Globe Picture nomination. Uh, the lone exception there was Parasite, which was ineligible for the best picture category at the Globes in 2019, but it did win the Globe for best foreign language film anyway, which is a title that should be changed. Uh, Otherwise, we had seven Oscar Best Pictures. They were Globe Drama noms, while two were comedy or musical nominations. Yeah, five of the last ten Oscar Best Pictures won a Globe Picture category, and one of those came from the comedy or musical side. That was Green Book, with four coming from the Globe Drama side. Like you said, Parasite uh, could be considered as a sixth, because it won the foreign language category that should be renamed, and... That's six out of ten if you want to consider that. Look, can we get somebody coming from an outside lane this year like an RRR, like a uh, like a Pinocchio? I don't know. I think the fact to that— To make the field, yeah, but I don't know to win. I still think women talking in The Woman King are, are strong— I, I, I'm worried for the Woman King. I hope it has a good day in a, in a few uh, days at Critics' Choice, perhaps, because it, it did perform well throughout the year. And it, it performed. Maybe a strong showing at SAG there for Ensemble could be. 
could could come back. Look, yeah. it's it's not like it, it's still a seventy five percent crossover. It's not a hundred percent. RRR could come in from an outside lane. We've seen some strong support at other critics groups up till now. Like I was starting to say, yes, we could see some category confusion with animated and international being races, right? Like we could see Triangle of Sadness and RRR kind of come in from outside lanes because Pinocchio's dealing with Marcel the Shell and turning red because decision to leave and close and uh, however many others are duking it out right now in international film. What was the other one I listed there? But those are those are kind of the big two. After Sun, EO, yeah, EO, yeah. After Sun's another one uh, that that that's been performing well at a lot of international bodies. So I'm not necessarily that sh- confident in the ten best pictures right now at all. I think I still think this is a wide open race, and it is it is a very influential academy at this moment in time. So it's going to matter who wins these things. And it matters who wins these, uh, critic awards too. Like we've seen everything everywhere, all at once and tar take LA. That's typically a, an influential body there. Just like New York is, uh, Mm -hmm. we saw everything everywhere. Also win DC and Southeastern film critics. We also had the Boston film critics society do something cool and choose an international film for their best picture in return to soul, which yielded a new category for them, Michael and Best English language film that went to the Banshees of Inisherin, which also it's ironic because they barely speak English in that movie. <laughs> That's right. It's just like <laughs> drinking Guinness and just like kind of you again. We're destined, yeah. uh, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, and the Banshees of Inisherin also took Best Picture from the New York Film Critics Online, adding to its big week. Tar interested me of those. I have a sick fascination with this movie and how it's been doing because tar is either like been getting nominated a bunch and winning awards or just not being nominated at these critic circle shows. And it actually goes on it. Like you said, tied with everything everywhere all at once to win the uh, Los Angeles film critic circles, best picture prize, but it won New York's too, the New York film critics uh, circle. So it wins New York and LA. It's the 16th film to win best film for both LA and New York. All but one of the prior 15 were Best Picture noms. The lone exception there was Leaving Las Vegas in 1995. Only four of those past 15 would go on to win Best Picture, though, at the Oscars. And only one time in the past 10 L.A. and New York duo winners has a film actually gone on to win Best Picture, too. That was The Hurt Locker all the way back in 09. So not a great track record. You know, winning L.A. and New York, because those critic circles are taken so very seriously by the industry, I would have thought there was a better track record leading to something that does well at those two circles leading into Best Picture, but that just hasn't been the case, certainly of the last ten times in which a film has won both of those. So Tar, for me, is is one of my favorite films in contention right now, so I'm, I'm rooting for it. I don't, I don't think it, it is unclear what it's... Uh, what its message is. I think it's got a very clear message, but I think there's, it leaves things open to some ambiguity, which I, somebody made a distinction on that in another Oscar pod and I really liked it. Ambiguous is fine. Clarity though is important, right? I don't think it lacks clarity. So people who take that movie for like, Oh my God, it's about, it's about this horrible person. Well, yeah, that's what it's supposed to be about. Gosh, darn it. (laughs) Anyway, I, I think there are 
paths for You're Tar. Lose it when I tell you what the Avengers movies are focused on. <laughs> tar could be considered like a performance piece, right? It could be considered and relegated, relegated to more of a screenplay piece for Todd Field. I, which, that, and that's the yeah. poll I think it's been facing. I think there are the groups out there that have planted their flag and be like, "This is Kate Blanchett and a screenplay, and that's it." And then there are the others out there that are like, no, we have to celebrate this, this film. It's so well-rounded, and like it's led by Kate Blanchett's performance and Todd uh, Field's screenplay. Todd Field's director's case is going to be hard. I have, I'm, I have no idea what to predict for that. That could show up to be a contender on Oscar Sunday in director, or he could be like the eighth name on that list, and it wouldn't surprise me either way. And it's tough to like push him as like an Academy favorite because he had such a lull in his career. Where and a terrible hat. <laughs> it's a hat is terrible yeah. no but like he within the bedroom he seemed like he was building st- momentum and then little children it kind of backed off and he was you mm-hmm. know again it makes sense why, why it happened it's just i wouldn't put him in that academy favorite category and some people are treating him like that in the punditry no i think you're right i think he's gotta he's gotta earn it and i look i mean i think the movie speaks for itself i think it should be there in my personal opinion but you're you're right i don't know in terms of the candidacy of tar, it is not all that strong. It's also vulnerable, which again speaks to the fact that this best picture race could indeed fluctuate as we continue to go here. So there's a lot to talk about as we move on, but let's move on to best actress, Michael. We got the drama nominees, Kate Blanchett of tar, Olivia Coleman of empire of light, Viola Davis, the woman King, (laughs) Anna de Armas of blonde and Michelle Williams of the Fablemans. Uh, yeah, Olivia Coleman is there again. That's just mm. come on. How many times are we gonna? <laughs> can't we give her one season off? No, to not stand not. there and mock me <laughs> personally. You're just you're never After gonna let what it go. she you're did never. to Glenn Close. And I'm, not until Sunset Boulevard comes out. And by the way, when that movie ever does come out, if she, if Glenn Close isn't immediately given flowers as the best actress front runner, I'm burning Hollywood to the ground. <laughs> what if it's Cats? What if it's Sunset Boulevard don't playing care. with cats? Glenn Close <laughs> is a cat. Like, we, you you can't say these things. You just, like, Empire of Light might be your favorite movie of the year. It comes to I'm Connecticut this week. To, I'm expecting to like it a lot. I'm actually, it, it, it's one of those movies I thought would do better with the HFPA, with the it voting body being what it is. It did terrible at the limited box office last yeah. weekend, which is scary. But but everything is. So, yeah, I mean, that's a whole different conversation. Is box office even going to matter? this year because there's all these movies are flopping they they jumped the gun with a lot of these movies a lot of these movies should be platforming and just kind of hitting it hitting it later and too too many of them tried to go wide too early Mm. and they're they're paying the price which is unfortunate they're not letting the promotional side of the business of award season business work for itself and and you you, and look at the fablemans is hitting pvod yeah, this week it's, they're done with theaters. I mean, we had that conversation a couple weeks ago too. Is the Fablemans going wide only seven hundred theaters as opposed to 3, no? They're never theaters. going wide. They're never well, going well, wide. The the wide they went was those seven hundred theaters. Yeah, they didn't open nationally like that. Um, no, they're they're screwed in terms of that. Yeah. I mean, that's basically going to be a PVOD play for how long we don't know. But like I was speculating, that's probably going to Peacock, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, sounds that way. Uh, as far as lead actress, musical, or comedy, getting back on track here. Margot Robbie for Babylon is here. Anya Taylor-Joy for The Menu. Emma Thompson, good luck to you, Leo Grand. Leslie Manville for one of Mike's favorites, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. And Michelle Yeoh, <laughs> Everything Everywhere All at Once, easy, makes the list. Easy, easy. You love Look, that movie. Don't I, you lie Leslie me. Manville's Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris was fine. Um, <laughs> it wasn't the British porn that I'm accustomed to now that I've no, been able I'm to sorry. watch. I'm sorry. <laughs> The Lady Chatterley's Lovers Both to of the World. you and for you, I apologize. <laughs> uh, Danielle Deadweiler, to get back. Uh, biggest omission. What right? the hell? That This was a surprise. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Causeway, I thought had a shot. Rooney sure. Mara, Women Talking. Look, I think Zoe Kazan should be in the mix here. Agreed. Vicky Creeps of Corsage for me is very high on my list. I'm a big fan of the Florence Pugh performances, even though I'm a bigger fan of the performances than the films. Mia Goth is what everybody was hoping for, I think. Would have loved that. Zaramir Ibrahimi had some like momentum, yeah. too. It wouldn't have surprised me to see her show up, but no. I, How about I, Naomi Aki not getting a mention in that movie being retitled? Did that scare the shit out of you or what? I want to dance with somebody. I thought it was a good enough title. It was a, the, one of the best songs Whitney Houston's ever done. I wonder if the box office scared the shit out of him. The Whitney Houston movie is now I Want to Dance with Somebody's yeah. subtitle. Well, that's how they're marketing it. They're marketing it as the Whitney Houston movie and not I Want to Dance. Yeah. I wonder if they see all these movies flopping and they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> I guess. I mean, do what you got to do, but not good buzz for that one, unfortunately. No. And the fact that she hasn't showed up anywhere yet. Is that a screener problem, a screening problem? I don't know. But, uh, I mean, actress seemed to be more settled i thought at least in terms of a 10 like if danielle deadweiler was in and anna diarmas was out this 10 would have made a lot of sense at least for now i mean you could obviously we know that there's more dramatic uh contenders perhaps than comedy or musical contenders but that kind of shakes out every year the fact that danielle deadweiler coming off the gotham win is not here is truly a snub yeah, a lot of people were upset about it. I, I, you know, my apologies to Danielle Deadweiler for having these powers of foresight, too. I, I don't, I think it's a second nomination problem. Like, it's easier to forget about that performance when you don't have to think about it for any of the other 20 categories you're thinking about. Yeah. And that's just kind of the, the, the only word I can think of a shitty part of that type of movie, which, I mean, not to say Chonyonye Chukwu should have been overlooked for director. You could think about her, but she wasn't going to make the list. I mean, she just didn't have the momentum to. So I don't know. And that, to me, again, was where I would put the second most likely nominee for that movie. So I don't. I I truly do think it's a second nomination problem with that with that performance. I was hoping like original song song might sneak in. I still like that movie more than I thought I would. I, I thought it's an imp- – again, we, we give points for degree of difficulty until just – I don't know how you tell that story as mm-hmm. well as she did there. I, I also had problems with the performance, but I think this performance still could show up at SAG even if Deadweiler does not show up at Critics' Choice. I, and I, I, cause I just think it's an actor's actory performance where she goes for broke. She, she hits some loud notes. Well, the other side of that is, is are the screen actors actually going to vote in the blonde performance? I don't Knowing think... how, t- how toxic that property like has seemingly become by and large. Perhaps, but I would be, I would be surprised. And I certainly would be surprised if the critics go for blonde because 
they they came down so hard. I was so yeah, polarized. I agree. Well, so, that, that's that's what I'm saying. I don't I don't see that happening. So that I think there's going to be an opening. So look, when when the Critics' Choice actually shake this down to six, it might be a moot point here that we're arguing over Diarmas and Deadweiler because we still have a couple of major contenders from the comedy or musical side, and then if you add like the four likelies from drama to Margot Robbie and uh, and Michelle Yeoh there. I mean, that's six, you know, that's six for the Critics' Choice right there. So even if there's not a wild card, that could happen at the Critics' Choice. We've seen that plenty of times before. If you got Blanchett, Davis, Williams, Coleman, Robbie, and Yeoh, that's, that's your six. And, I mean, we've had three the last six years three times it's been six nominees for choice and three times it's been seven nominees for choice but it's been three out of the last four years again this is beautiful podcasting just numbers <laughs> and, and brain puzzle conundrums but three out of the last four years it's been seven nominees in the critics choice lead actress category so i would not be surprised if we had that yet again uh because i do think like there's there's kind of been a 10 ish group in lead actress for a while and if that's true, I think they'll get enough votes at the Critics' Choice, but who knows? I don't know that Deadweiler has enough wins either to kind of feel secure to show up at any other of these precur- major precursors or Oscar Sunday. Deadweiler probably she, needed a... I mean, her big win was the Gothams, right? Yeah, she needed a highlight speech from the Gothams. That was a, that was a miscalculation. There's no doubt yeah. about it. If she had... If she had a viral video coming off the Gothams, which you can get to a degree, or at least a viral video in terms of the Academy or in terms of the critics groups that actually pay attention, it might it might have helped yeah. her case. But look at I mean the fact we've made this mistake before, where we've you know where you, your broken Gaga monster heart <laughs> was just completely fooled last year, and David Long's empty wallet. Uh, was the result his empty bank account uh, because Gaga we thought was secure right and then we're we're arguing over Diarmas and Deadweiler when in fact the real race might be coming from elsewhere it might be Robbie and Williams for all we know we really don't know as of yet in terms of how this is going to whittle down to five I think that's true that's true although I will the caveat there being everyone was stunned when Gaga didn't I mean not that everyone thought Gaga should have made it but history suggested because she showed up at so many precursors right. as a nominee the odds of her missing the Oscars were very very low but it still came true talk about New York coming in for her, right too yeah. I mean that was anyway in terms of some stats the Golden Globe League lead actress nominees to Oscar noms in the last 10 years that is an 88% crossover obviously there are 10 Golden Globe noms and five Oscar noms, so this makes some sense. But still, only six Oscar noms have missed in those last 10 years, 44 of the last 50, again, out of the 100 noms. Nine of those 50 come from the comedy or musical side, and 35 of those 50 come from the drama side. 10 of the last 10 Oscar lead actress winners first did get a Globe nom. So again, we're probably looking at the lead actress winner here. At least history would suggest so. Seven of the last 10 from drama, three of the last 10 from comedy or musical. And all three of those winners went on to win that Globe. So if you're coming out of comedy or musical as a frontrunner for the actress category, uh, it looks good for you having success on the Oscar stage. Might want to highlight that idea and that uh, stat for Michelle Yeoh's purposes going forward here. Eight of the last ten lead Oscar lead actress winners won a Globe. 
right. just to keep that statistic fresh in your mind. Again, these are strong crossovers. Uh, otherwise, in Critics Awards this past week, Kate Blanchett won in D.C., Los Angeles, uh, and then Michelle... D.C., Los Angeles, which is a new city, combined city. Mm-hmm. No, D.C. and Los Angeles. And then Michelle, D.C., L.A. D.C., L.A. Uh, and then Michelle Yeoh won in uh, Boston, their society. Michelle Yeoh won at New York Online, and then she won with the Southeastern Film Critics with uh, Vicky Creeps winning the European Film Award, Keeping Hope Alive for Corsage. Move on to lead actor. The nominee, nominees, nominees. The nominees are for drama: Austin Butler from Elvis, Brendan Fraser from The Whale, Hugh Jackman from The Sun, Bill Nighy from Living, Jeremy Pope from The Inspection, musical or comedy. Five. We got Diego Calva from Babylon, Daniel Craig from Glass Onion, Adam Driver for White Noise, Colin Farrell from Banshees, and Ray Fiennes for The Menu. No Adam Sandler. No Will Smith. No Tom Cruise. No Paul Mescal, Gabriel LaBelle is not in, neither is Jonathan Majors. And we didn't see like a strange Tom Hanks sighting or, I mean, we could we could have seen anything from Timothy Chalamet to, I don't know. I mean, we, we, we really could have had gone Sam Worthington from Avatar. The, the, the Globes can globe sometimes for as much as I Is it they possible don't. that they did anyway, though? Because is it possible... That we only, of these 10 nominees, only three of them are going to make the Oscars field? Look, I, I think it is possible in the sense that, you know, could you, we easily see Tom Cruise and Paul Mescal? Could we easily yeah, see? That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, you can easily, Hustler, or Hustler, yeah, Christ. So Hustler, right, yeah. Adam yeah. Sandler and Hustler. Whew. Adam Sandler for Hustle, you could see jumping up in there. I mean, I don't... Diego Calva, I guess I could see. I'm surprised Jeremy Pope got the nod from the HFPA, but it wouldn't surprise me to see another single uh, single nom, single representative film get in there as well. I don't know. I mean, this is... This feels like a weird 10 to me. I think the actor race has a couple of spots open to it. Bill Nye seems to be filling one of those spots. He's probably the most comfortable fourth. However... Right like we have seen Oscar pull the old switcheroo with the lead actor category many a years. Uh, all that being said, I mean the Globe stats again. This crossover is strong. So when you're saying like this ten doesn't feel right to you, I don't know. I mean unless the voting body did shift that dramatically here, and and it doesn't seem. It doesn't seem like these noms are so unglobe-like that I would, I would make that statement quite yet. Because look, I mean, they 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 made the statement that their voting body shifted in a dramatic way. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I could see some of things, some of it stabilizing more to what we've been accustomed to throughout the award season, the early award season. But well, let me let me run down names for you, and let me ask you a question. Mezcal, Gabriel LaBelle, Jonathan Majors, Tom Hanks, maybe Christian Bale. We don't know what Pale Blue Eye is yet. Maybe Adam Sandler. Would you be shocked to see two of those six show up on Oscars on Oscar Sunday in this category? Yeah, I would be two of the six. I would be pretty surprised. Paul Mezcal and Tom Hanks would blow you away to be nominees. Yeah, Tom Hanks would blow me away right now because he's just doing the thing. I mean, that would that would blow me away. And Paul Mezcal and Tom Hanks. But you're right. I think there's two open spots. Would I bet money on on Cruz and and uh, LaBelle before those two? Probably. But I, I, I look at I'm looking at these 10 nominees and I'm not seeing anything so wonky 
that I'm, I'm shocked. Like, Ray Fiennes is probably the the nice surprise, but that's from a cool-ass movie where he yeah. is terrific in it. And Adam Driver's awesome in White Noise. Andrew and I were banging the table for him back when, when we saw it at the New York Film Festival. Daniel Craig is charming as ever. It's a movie star performance, and, and a lot of people have been speculating that he might fill one of those spots. I think there's been two open spots. I think Frasier... Farrell and Butler in some order and I think it is indeed a race right now Farrell's taking a lot of the critic awards with Fraser still he's got the narrative he's got the wow factor and then you have Butler who's been campaigning very strong ever since and he's one of the the safest nominees perhaps like those three are in and then who else is gonna crash the party could it be a Diego Calva could it be uh, a, a Daniel Craig or do we like you're saying could this Tom Cruise have more momentum than we than we hope and then you fear, you know? <laughs> I was just gonna say before you threw that crack about Cruise in there, I'm I'm on the verge every time we talk about these and how it's shaping up and lead actor and best picture, I'm on the verge of just throwing myself on the altar of uh Vanunu and just going <laughs> totally Elvis heavy with everything. Look at just hoping that's it. I think a lot of people are betting on Elvis winning some major globes. I mean, we're going to do a globes kind of preview special uh, as we get closer. We got a we got a couple weeks to kill in in early January where we may have a guest or two to enjoy that with. But I yeah, I, I right now would it shock me to see them He's hosting SNL this weekend. Exactly. And we know if we know anything, Golden Globes voters watch Saturday Night Live. Well, they should, Mike. <laughs> anyway, uh, Tom Cruise is not going to the Golden Globes, and he also publicized this earlier, right? And that could be... that could be Frazier, so- Brendan yeah. Frazier. I, I think they were stuck with Frazier. They had to nominate him. That would have been an asshole move, straight yeah. up, straight up. I that would have been a jerk move. He's I think the front runner. Again, I think they're damned either way because it's going to be, you know, well, the, the, everyone's going to know he's not there. The fascinating thing right now is that he is strong in that category. However, Austin Butler is probably the the beloved favorite. And the, and the Whale seems to be a polarizing film, right? Yeah, and if you were looking at this like you're looking at like fantasy football rankings, Austin Butler would have the green arrow pointed next to his name, even though he's probably in third place right now. But he's probably got the most momentum. Farrell's got to be a heavy favorite coming out of he's musical be comedy. One. Based on how they nominated the Banshees of Inishir and they nominated the hell out of it. They seem to love it. He's the obvious favorite in terms of uh, the critics right now. You would Who expect him. Calva? Who's number I, two? Yeah, he's a wild card there. I mean, maybe they, they go fun and they pick a Daniel Craig or a, a, a Adam Driver. I don't think Ray Fiennes has a shot. They would have nominated Glass Onion for more things if, if Daniel Craig was being taken more seriously, I think. Well, Daniel, yeah, yeah, I, I don't want to, I don't want to make that to you. I just it, sometimes you, 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 you can needle me into playing devil's advocate more than I should, and that's one of those times. Yeah, give me I'm glass. just ready to fall on swords. I think Colin <laughs> Farrell is is probably fixed in that spot in musical or comedy. So we're looking at Butler versus Frazier in drama. Will they do the you know the the tip of the hat to the legend and Bill Nye has a shot and Jeremy Pope has a shot in terms of that might be just a great performance. I still have not seen the inspection. I I don't think Hugh Jackman has a shot. That would be shocking. Have you no? seen the way Netflix is marketing the sun? I Netflix? You mean Sony? Is it Sony? I thought I saw it on Netflix, but yeah, either one. I, whatever it is. I, it doesn't matter. The way they're marketing is not even mentioning the uh like the film the performances. Being a good one? Yeah, they're just like wait till you see how this ends. Oh really? Yeah, no, that's at least what I've seen Jesus. on Twitter. Yeah. Look at I wouldn't put it past Sony Pictures Classic. They have played this 
beautifully in the past. Uh, they they got to make some money though. They're dealing with some, they're dealing with some flops financially. Darn it! I'm I'm upset because I like their slate, Sony coming into the year. But Devotion was a good movie and nobody's seeing it. That's a bummer. And not yeah. only is nobody seeing, I mean, you know, good movie and all that, but ninety million dollars for the production budget for that. That's a huge loss. Big loss, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, look, let's get into some quick stats before we go out on actor here. The crossover strong, 96%. That's 48 out of the last 50. Obviously, you're pulling from 100 noms here, but 48 of the last 50 Oscar noms were first nominated at the Golden Globes. 13 out of 50 come from musical or comedy, and 35 out of the 50 come from the drama side. More numbers. Nine out of the last 10 Golden Globe lead actor drama winners won the lead actor Oscar. Uh, the exception there was Chadwick Boseman losing to Anthony Hopkins, which none of us really remember. Wait, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> ten. I hope they the didn't end the show with that. <laughs> no, they would never. Best Picture goes uh, on last every Oscars. Everyone knows that. This is uh, where Ten of the goes. last 10 Oscar winners uh, got Golden Globe drama noms. It's just Joaquin Phoenix and his fucking weird-ass <laughs> sex face at the end of that episode. <laughs> While the home Poor. improvement theme song plays over. Only, it, yeah. yeah, only only Rooney Mars laughing right now. I'm sorry. This is a terrible joke. <laughs> I just that guy, that face had to be. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, uh Could Bill have killed Robert De Niro if you saw it. Yeah. Bill Nye won the LA Film Critics Association, so that's really cool. Uh Zlatko Burek won uh the European Film Award from Triangle of Sadness. There would be there would be a fun nomination right there. Yeah. That was a wacky role. Uh Colin Farrell's won the rest. He's won the Boston Society, the New York Online, Washington, D.C., or the DCLA film critics, I forget which. Southeastern as well came in for Farrell. And again, important to note, Frazier, uh, did Farrell lose to, to Daniel Deadweiler Gotham's too? Or am I misremembering that? Well, Farrell was nominated for After Yang at That's the right. Go- Gotham. So That's you're right. correct. He did, That's in right. fact, lose, but it was for his terrible dancing at right. the beginning of After Yang. <laughs> but Frazier losing to Deadweiler in best lead performance there. We move on. If you thought lead actor is confusing, don't worry. It gets so much worse with supporting actress. <laughs> the nominees, Angela Bassett, Wakanda Forever, Carrie Condon from Banshees of Inishirin, Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere All at Once, Dolly DeLeon for Triangle of Sadness, and Carrie Mulligan of She Said Are Your five so we have had one of the most contentious races thus far in supporting actress so in terms of the misses and the snubs like we could go deep here and i'm talking Mm -hmm. major winners multiple winners on the critic circles like janelle monet of glass onion and kiki palmer of nope we're talking about big names in the category former nominees before like jesse buckley or claire foy from women talking talking about uh, i should have mentioned hong chow in the same sentence of, of of monet and palmer because she's been winning for the whale nina hoss was a critical and punditry yep. favorite for a while former winner in the category laura dern from the sun is certainly a, a, a legacy pick and stephanie sue has been in this conversation from everything, a lot of everywhere. people were upset that she didn't make it all year uh so that's that's a bummer that she's not involved i think tuso mbedu I think uh, the Lashana Lynch performances from The Woman King are, are tip-top. Kate Hudson's got a lot of love for Glass on You. I mean, the, you can go down the list, and we did it in, like, the last episode with Anne Hathaway, etc. That is a deep field, Gene Smart. I could keep going on and on. That is a deep field. I tweeted Who the hell this. knows? 
why don't we just agree to take four or five supporting actress performances and run them in the lead actor category? Yeah. Wouldn't that bring balance to both categories? You get, I mean, there's like the 20th best supporting actress performance is going to end up being more enjoyed than like the 13th best lead acting performance this year. They could have done it. And, and, And you know what? The Michelle Williams decision might not have been all that nuts. I mean, think about it. She mm. seems to be fairly secure in lead, and maybe she would – I don't know. Would she have yeah. been that secure in supporting? I guess. I mean, I, I'm sure she would be. But, yeah, I think uh, I think this is a totally jam-packed Secure to crowd. make it, at least, you mean. Secure to make the odds. Yeah, but maybe not. Who knows? Like, this is a huge – this is a huge category of performances that could and should be nominated yeah. in any year. This is an this awesome is... year. This is the real knives out. Is this supporting actress category? It is this. It, I mean, it's brutal. Come Oscars nom week. It's. I mean, how do you parse through these? All right. So Angela Bassett has been talked about most probably, even though she's not really won anything. Mm-hmm. Carrie Mulligan had like a week where she was probably the front runner. Dolly De Leon had a good weekend winning the supporting actress award from L.A. Yep. Carrie Condon did the same in Boston and Washington. Yep. I know there's people out there that are upset that Jamie Lee Curtis has been kind of the focus of A24's campaigning in this category over Stephanie Sue. I mean, all of that criticism kind of misses me because apples to apples, those are two phenomenal performances by two women playing a variety of types of roles. Mm-hmm. And one candidate is a legacy actress who's been making movies for us for 50 years and hasn't sniffed a big time award. Right. And the other one is a 32 year old dynamo who's just starting her film career and has her whole legacy in front of her to forge yet. So, you can't go wrong with picking one or the other, but I don't understand the argument of why isn't Jamie Lee, why does Jamie Lee Curtis get to be the the one picked by A twenty four? I mean, it's it's because she's here. She's seniority wins out at some point. It's going to be a tiebreaker if you have two things that are even. It typically wins out in that regard. Now, that being said, it's probably better for everything, everywhere, all at once to focus their campaign in that regard and I, on, I, on one of absolutely, the two. Absolutely, absolutely it is. If you put, and I I don't, look, I think Stephanie Sue is going to be treated better than, by the guilds and maybe by the Academy than she would by any of the precursors anyway. But like, if you put Stephanie Sue and Jamie Lee Curtis in the same category, this is, how do they not cannibalize you? It's the favorite all over again, isn't it? It, it, it could hurt, it could hurt their leading into the nomin it could hurt their nomination status. They both could be shut out if if it cannibalizes right. beforehand. Now that could be true for the women talking right now. We could have some confusion in terms of the votership uh based on such a competitive category where some are going for Jesse Buckley, some are going for for Claire Foy. Who who knows? I mean it's a deep it's a deep cast. I think Jamie Lee Curtis has exactly like you said it she has the legacy factor stephanie sue is for me the better performance but look i mean again you, you know that's subjective and you know i i i've been banging the table that's been my number one she's been my number one for a long time stephanie sue recently. is going to compete for lead actress oscar someday Jamie Abs- curtis probably won't it's it's a it's a huge just knocking down of the door for Stephanie Sue yeah. in, in this, you know, in, in the awards conversations going forward. Is that going to be her kind of breakthrough and she'll win breakthrough categories? Does she get relegated to that point? It may be happening. It may be happening. So Jamie Lee Curtis, let's see what happens going forward. We saw this confusion, though, kind of 
shake out later for a Belfast, for an instance, last year with uh, Katrina Bouth and uh, oh, or yeah. Dame Judy. Dame Dame Judy. Did I say Jame Duty? Jame Duty. Yep. Jame no, you, you had it right. You had it right. I don't know what my brain thinks sometimes. <laughs> I don't even know what my brain thinks and what comes out of my mouth. Sometimes I'll just start talking. And I won't have any idea where I'm going. (laughs) I should probably start reading some stats. Uh, (laughs) The supporting actress crossover from Oscar to Globe uh, is 76%, which is saying a lot more in this particular category because it's 5 to 5. It's not 10 to 5 anymore. There's only 12 misses in the last 10 years, 38 out of 50. So this is important. Uh, 9 out of the 10 Oscar winners were first nominated for Golden Globes. Seven of the ten are in common, so they they nailed it seven times out of the last ten years. Now, there's probably a caveat there, too, because when we talked about Oscars history, something that kept popping up for us was, wow, isn't it weird how much of a runaway the supporting categories turn into every year? And there are years, in the past 20, 25 years especially, where it's one performance sweeps the precursors on its way to an Oscars win. Are we already past that though? Like, can that not? That's probably not going to happen because that's that's the point I'm trying to make. I don't see that happening this year. Like, we're we're seeing the critics awards essentially split. Like you yeah. said, Carrie Condon took three, and then Hong Chow's winning, and uh, Dolly De Leon is winning, and we we could go any which direction in this category. We really could. Janelle Monae is if, if Banshees wins three performing Oscars, which hasn't been done since Network in 1976, but doesn't ever be taken seriously as a Best Picture frontrunner, that's going to be something. I, I look. I like Banshees. It is a sad movie uh, because it's it's a my future with Mike here, <laughs> but also it's a sad movie, and uh-huh. I just really. Uh, I really don't think it deserves to win all that stuff. I'm just, I'm there. Uh, I'm not there with it. I just, I think Carrie Condon's awesome in it. She's awesome. She deserves a nomination. But this year is particularly intense. Like, I, I don't think she's in my five. I think she's like eight for me. And you're right. In terms of the best performances of the year, I wish I could, I could put her another, I could put her in another five for some reason, you know? And you could say the exact same thing about the likelihood of having three performance Oscar wins about everything everywhere all at once, too. I mean, Michelle Yeoh could upset. It seems to have supporting actor on lockdown already. Maybe it takes on a supporting actress award, too. But I think you have to take into consideration all of the punditry arguments, all of the old-fashioned political science arguments in terms of vote sharing, in terms of uh, campaigning, in terms like all that stuff's going to matter in a race this tight. And this looks like a tight race up till now, I think. I, uh... I would like Jamie Lee Curtis to win an Oscar. <laughs> I, I know you would. I, I, I'm rooting for it too. I, that would be fun at the end of the day. She's, she's got to get nominated first. That's going to that's yeah. be one of the harder parts of this. Uh, but let's move on to supporting actor, Michael. Globe supporting actor nominees. There's five of these as well. Brendan Gleeson of Banshees. Barry Kogan of Banshees. Keegan? Kogan? Kogan? Never will pronounce that right on the first <laughs> try, but he's there as well. Joker. Kiwi Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once, the unabashed favorite in this category. He's been running away with every precursor, it seems like, or every critic's award, I should say. Brad That's Pitt right. from Babylon may be a surprise to see here. Eddie Redmayne of The Good Nurse as well, who Clayton Davis, I saw, actually predicted to make the nomination here. That's a good pick. Mm. Uh, I th- I think uh, a good good prediction, that is, because I, I don't think he should be there, <laughs> Eddie Redmayne. Like, look, it, it's some overacting. 
it's some overacting. And people have accused Daniel Deadweiler of some overacting. Like, mm-hmm. this is even, this is so blatant, uh, Eddie Redmayne. I mean, he's just screaming and seething and foaming <laughs> at the mouth in one scene. It's absurd. Anyway, uh, Brian Tyree Henry, who that could never be said of. He's just <laughs> pitch perfect. I just rewatched him in Bullet Train last night. The star of that film. Sorry, Brad Pitt. He's great. Uh, and he's great in Causeway, uh, but it's an actor's act. It's a subtle performance. It's not the showy performance, unlike a Judd Hirsch cameo in The Fablemans there, Michael, which... Thank God. Can we put this to bed now? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> I can't deal with this Judd Hirsch slander after ordinary people, but uh, I could I could, I could, could get behind the fact that we don't need to nominate him necessarily. Are you uh, surprised that nobody from The Fablemans made this category? Because Dano's nowhere to be found either. Well, I just wonder if the, you got... You got confusion on who people are getting behind. So if Dano gets a critic's choice, like we've seen this happen before. Once they get the nod somewhere else, then the confusion's gone and people back, you know, one and not the other. So if yeah. Paul Dano gets in or Judd Hirsch gets in at SAG, let's say, then then it's then it's done. Like you're focused from there on in. You would think. And then again, James Duty. <laughs> anyway, uh, Ben Wishaw, I thought was a, a snub. A lot of people were talking about him from Women Talking. Mark Rylance, bones and all, <laughs> not gonna happen. Not even a little bit. Mr. No, doesn't happen. I smelled you from a town away. <laughs> ben Foster, Emancipation. Clayton Davis had him high on his list. Otherwise, Woody Harrelson, Triangle of Sadness. You can go deep with this category well. My God, Raul Castillo from Inspection. Bokeem Woodbine there as well. Michael Ward, Empire of Light. Myers Teller's Mustache, Top Gun. Mm. You can go deep. But uh, this, was a, this was a surprising last two because we thought Brad Pitt was – persona non grata to an extent after the news with uh angelina jolie came out uh we, we don't know what to make of that it just seems like it. nobody cares i mean it's so sad it seems like there's just no reaction to it he's selling his production company right yeah you, you were uh, texting the, me about the that managing stake or did, i saw the headline i didn't read the article I'm, i apologize for that i should have but uh what i think the it was whole... the controlling stake of plan b I mean, go listen to the town, which we've established. She's better than us mm-hmm. as a podcast. But anyway, go listen to the town. He explained the whole situation with uh, the wine, the vineyard that that Brad Pitt has to yep. sell. So now maybe he has to sell the production company. But that's a whole financial mess over there. I guess if you're that rich and you get divorced, it's it's, it's a mess. It uh, tends to, yeah. We up. will never have that problem, most likely. <laughs> Eddie Redmayne, it's that's a wonky nominee, and then the fact that uh, Banshee's got two in here in such a competitive year, I, I'm a little surprised. I, I'm surprised by the last two, mostly as well. Uh, I yeah, Barry Keoghan, I I don't know that I would have put money on. I, I I don't. I mean, it's one of those times that I'm not sure it all matters because this seems to be such a spoken for category. Like okay. I will be most the the headline for supporting actor is going to be if Kiwi Kwan doesn't win this category somehow. Right, because he's winning L.A., Boston, D.C., Southeastern Critics. The only uh, variation from this past week was Brendan Gleeson winning uh, from, uh, from from the New York Online. Otherwise, I mean, look, I, this is another strong crossover of 74%, only 13 misses, 37 of 50, uh, and then 10 of 10 Oscar winners got Globe Supporting Actor noms in the last 10 years, and then 7 out of 10 matched up again. Really friggin' strong, guys. Ignore the Golden Globes at your peril. That being said, is this kind of a BAFTA long list jury 
voting different kinds of movies from what they've done in the past and going more mainstream in the past, which is lined up with the Academy more in the past. I mean, could we say that there's there's more variance this year? Perhaps. I mean, we, we got to wait and see, but I, I think it's a worthy conversation. That being said, I mean, the, the Golden Globe stats speak for themselves. Yeah, yeah. Keep uh, keep Judd Hirsch out of it. Put Paul Dano in, but keep Judd Hirsch out of it. I think, uh, I think, I think this Judd Hirsch conversation is tearing my heart in two. <laughs> All right, let's go. No, terrible <laughs> director. Who do we have for nominees, Mike? James Cameron of Avatar: The Way of Water. We have the Daniels, Daniel Kwan, and Daniel Shiner of Everything Everywhere. We have Baz Luhrmann, surprise nominee for Elvis. Some say Martin McDonough of Banshees and Steven Spielberg of The Fablemans. Natalie Portman weeps somewhere. Yeah, no women, and Sarah Polly seems so strong. Oh, for we- Christ's sake! I mean, you could have picked a billion women. They're all right there for you. Sarah Polly and Gina Prince Bythewood are the most important. I mean, Shinyunya. Chukwu could have been there. Charlotte Wells has been collecting awards all season. But, you know, you could change the HFPA, but you can't change the HFPA. Natalie Portman was on the stage presenting director alongside Ron Howard a couple years ago. And she made she embarrassed the HFPA by saying, here's the all five male nominees. And it was like supposed to be this huge landmark moment. And what have we learned from it? Nothing. We go back to picking old legacy Hollywood picks. Other than the Daniels, these are four dudes that are just legacy Hollywood dudes. It's sad, man. Oscar Central, I was listening to them on the way over here, saying James Cameron probably stole the last spot from Sarah Polly. Could be the case. Could been could have been from Todd Field. I, I'm a little surprised that Todd Field got relegated as well. Look, I, I'm worried about this category for women directors this year. They've been the last two favorites in Chloe Zhao and Jane Campion going in. So there was security in that. And still underrepresented in terms of Oscar nominations and Globe nominations in the past few years. And that's been that's been worrisome. So this year I, I'm I am very worried at this point. It looks like stock down on the woman king, stock down for the moment on women talking. So those two seem to be the strongest reps for the gender my god it it's it's not right i mean maria schrader should be there you're right i think uh i think this has been a a year where it's been a bit of a man lash and we we talked about that coming down the pike in terms of the system itself yeah in terms of the hollywood awards or apparatus the production system even though i think they're you know they are investing more in women directors it's just it's not paying off at the highest levels quite yet and that's that's a damn shame uh because i mean look you you look through the list and it's still a lot of a lot of dudes yeah yeah i mean the the fact is i think we only named like five or six and while it was this is such a layup for the golden for the hfpa to get this right the golden globes to get this right because you know the woman king and and women talking are like two that should be best picture threats that should be best director threats. They're right there for you. It's there's it's inexcusable to overlook them this year. And, and for what? For Avatar two for the Fablements? I don't know. I, again, you don't know which two were vulnerable in terms of the this director five. It was it Cameron and Lerman that are four or five. You would guess McDonough's pretty sound. Spielberg's been the favorite in the category and everything everywhere has gotten the most uh, other noms. Like those are the three higher nom getters, but Baz Luhrmann has been in the industry forever. James Cameron forever. 
So I don't know. I really don't know. I I've been saying since the uh since the betting episode. I thought director was wide open. I would not have I would not be surprised if this category gets a shakeup. We we typically see an international film shakeup in the category at the Oscars yep. at the last second because the outside lane has been something that And uh, RRR has yeah. been making noise yeah. as director. So. He's he's winning and then uh Park Chan Wook uh, is still somebody who comes from Cannes. I think a lot of people saw Decision to Leave. A good God, Michael! I rewatched Decision to Leave and loved it. It's one of the more, one of the wider variances in terms of first watch, second watch. I watched Decision to Leave. It was my last film of a four film day. I was exhausted in New York, and I made it through like half the movie. I was flying through, and then my alcohol wore off. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I just I I rewatched that one on Mubi at home. Loved every friggin' second of it. So I wouldn't be surprised if people give that one a look. Park Chan Wook's direction there is just undeniably great. But again, you know, we're talking about a systematic issue in the category, and and you know the 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 contenders here might be more dudes. Yeah, it's a problem. But there's a silver lining. I, I will say this. There's a silver lining in the sense that the director crossover has not been great with the Globes to Oscars. And I was starting to get at that. Only 64% in the last 10 years. 18 misses. Uh, nine out of the 10 winners, though. First Golden Globe nominated. In terms of the winners, it's strong. Seven out of the last 10 in common. But we've you know we've seen a lot of showers and, and runaways in the category yeah. as well. Yeah. Reason to be concerned, no doubt there. Uh, we'll pick up the pace a little bit as we head into screenplay. Only one screenplay category at the Globes. Todd Field for Tar, Tony Kushner and Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert for Everything Everywhere All at Once, Martin McDonough, Banshees of Inishirin, and Sarah Polly does show up here for Women Talking. Glass Onion, a notable snub, many, many have said, in the adapted side of things, along with She Said, Top Gun Maverick, Living. Uh, you can go down the list there. Original. The, the, we have After Sun that's been you know pretty celebrated up till now. You you wonder if she could break through Charlotte Wells uh, in the in the Oscar category. Triangle of Sadness that is a screenplay that uh, you you wrote down and I stole your your take on Triangle of Sadness not getting in here, Mike. Otherwise, Elvis, The Woman King, Gina Prince Bythewood, etc. There, uh, look, I I would have been surprised to see Emancipation have a big day, right? Will Smith, it wouldn't have shocked me that he got in, but Emancipation really didn't show up anywhere, and uh, I, I guess, I guess that I mean that, that kind of ends the Emancipation chances. Like some some films, like an Armageddon Time, perhaps like a like a even like a Nope. Even though we have a path for Nope to get nominated, they really needed they really needed more here. At, at the Globes, and that didn't happen for him. But all right, the the stats, Michael, real quick: eighty six percent crossover. But we're going from five to ten. Uh, only seven nominee misses from the Globes to Oscars. Forty three out of fifty. Again, you know, you're dealing with the double categories. Fifteen of the last twenty Oscar screenplay women uh, winners were first Golden Globe nominees. Uh, so that gives some hope, and it's a full twenty-five percent in terms of the winners. So we've seen Get Out not get Golden Globe nominated and being pissed at the Globes, right? Back in the day mm-hmm. for not getting that movie, and then therefore it goes on to win Oscars because who cares what the Globes <laughs> picked? But you know, look at five out of the last ten Golden Globe screenplay winners did go on to win one of the two original or adapted oscars so it's still it still matters 
Yeah, I think screenplay is you tried to set me up for this, but this is where you see HFPA is is the most drunk. I think you nominate tri- Triangle of Sadness in multiple categories, but not in the screenplay category where it's had its arguably its biggest win of the year thus far at the European Film Awards. You love Tar enough to put it in Best Picture and here in Screenplay, where it's two Oscar screen- screenplay categories condensed down into one, but you don't love it enough for Field to show up in Director either, which would have just been another white dude anyway in Director with that category. So, yeah, this seems a little all over the place. They can show you the uh, the damages or the, like I guess the the crazy randomness that happens when you have a voting body voting on noms to show you that there's not one mind, one hive mind that all thinks alike. Right. But this category doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Well, if women talking and tar could take any solace, it, it does this, this is a strong nominee, a pair of nominees for them. So I, I'm waiting to see, I'll hold my breath until the critics choice awards for those two at the very least. I do think we could have uh, a comeback at least for those films. And we're seeing that with the LA film critics, Todd Field winning there. Uh, and then we have Sarah Polly winning a couple with the uh, Southeastern, etc. So uh, Ruben Oslin winning at the European film awards. There's a screenplay race still to be had, Mike. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, is there an original score race to be had as well? The nominees there, Alexander Desplat for Pinocchio from Guillermo del Toro there. Uh, Hilder Guanadantir for Women Talking, Justin Hurwitz from Babylon, John Williams of The Fableman, Carter Burwell for Banshees of Inishirin. A lot of names that we've hear, heard come up a lot in this category in recent years, too. Yeah, I think this is a five that makes a lot of sense to me, even though I think some of the snubs are big names. Terrence Blanchard of The Woman King, uh, Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross from Empire of Light. I think before the year I would have guessed that they could have been involved here. Ludwig Goranson from Wakanda Forever. He won it the last time for Black Panther in 2018. Uh RRR, many people said that that had a chance. Devotion, Chandra Dancy, I just, I, I, it hasn't been seen enough. But, uh, I mean, look, there's a, a weaker crossover for original score, only 64% in the last 10 years, 18 misses for 32 out of 50. But 10 out of 10 Oscar winners first got Golden Globe nominations, and 7 out of 10 are in common. So the winner's side of things, very strong. The nomination side is more open-ended. Yeah, RRR did win in L.A. It won in Boston. What is that, Washington there, Mike? Yeah, Washington, the WAFCA. Wak- Wafka. Wafka. No better acronym to go to Michael <laughs> Giacchino. Original song, we move on here. Taylor Swift does show up because, of course, she does. She's everywhere. She's omnipresent. She is all of us, and we are all of one of her. Mm-hmm. Carolina, where the crawdads sing. Taylor Swift is nominated there. Chow Papa from Guillermo del Toro. You have to scream Chow Papa when you, when you say it. Because, nah, I've got, Chow just, Papa! That's a dig. That's a needless dig. Renroven <laughs> Cats for Pinocchio. Hold My Hand from Lady Gaga and Blood Pop from Top Gun Maverick. Lift Me Up, Ludwig Gronson, Ryan Coogler, uh, Rihanna from Wakanda Forever. And Not To Not To, uh, the song from RRR there, Kayla Bayarava and M.M. Kiravina. So I think three of these five were expected with Maverick, Wakanda Forever, and RRR. Uh, go figure. Uh, we have that outside lane kind of securing a path for RRR to be in the mix. If you don't think Taylor Swift is showing up on the Oscar stage, you're crazy. Right. We've talked about this being a very grabby category in yeah. the past, and, and she is certainly the, a huge name, and, and her pop stardom right now is going off the charts. Uh, Guillermo del Toro, 
that's the best part of that movie, that Chow Papa song. So yeah. I, 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 could, I could see that. But you, you have some some big names down the card. Everything Everywhere All at Once has a Talking Heads David Byrne song. We have uh, Billie Eilish and Phineas with the Turning Red song, Nobody Like You, that I love. That's one of my tops on the air. Uh, look, I Andrew and I both high-fived like a bunch of older dorks. I'm not going to disparage ourselves. That is a great song. New Body Rumba, LCD Sound System. <laughs> Go get it on Spotify. I don't care. Uh, you 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 can uh, you could date me. I don't care. I love uh, the White Noise uh, soundtrack. There, we have a Rita Wilson song. Tom Hanks's wife doing yeah. a, a singing for her husband till your her for her husband rather in, in a man called Otto. You know the, his Scrooge heart is melted by that song. I'm guessing. I'm gonna take a wild guess. <laughs> <laughs> and then Billy Eichner made a hilarious, touching, emotional song in Bros, uh, which I think should get more respect and love. And, and, and it's not happening for Love Is Not Love. There, uh, I wish. I wish this was an opening for it because that movie is definitely uh, just under represented yeah, uh, throughout this yeah underappreciated thus far that's stupid that that sh- that song should be in the mix once again 10 of the last 10 oscar winners for original songs did get golden globe noms first uh, the globes and oscars had seven of the last 10 winners in common and there's a crossover of over 73 percent between being a globe nom and getting into the oscars noms the last 10 years all right we'll move on to animated feature where we had guillermo del toro's pinocchio Inuo, uh, the anime, and then we had Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, and Turning Red. Some notable snubs, though, because Wendell and Wilde has been on, on a lot of punditry fives up till now. Apollo 10.5 from Richard Linklater. Disney having a rough go of things with Strange World and Lightyear getting uh, uh, misses here. Shocking. The, the Bob's Burgers movie, I was bummed. The Bad Guys, Minions, The Rise of Gru. I know you're I bummed, bummed about that. Yeah. Uh, it, it probably needed to get it here if it was going to get it. Uh, Golden Globes, yeah, the populist pick in animated feature anyway, because you know out of the last ten years, seventy-seven percent they they've only had eleven misses out of forty-eight nominees that they put forth to the Oscar fifty. Ten out of the last ten Oscar winners got Golden Globe noms first, Mike. So this is a fairly predictive category, but the, we've seen them go for some big big budget, big studio animated films in the past as well. We say it seems like it's going to come down to Marcel Lachelle versus uh, Pinocchio here as a kind of head-to-head battle. The critic circles haven't really borne that out too much. Pinocchio did win L.A. and it did win Washington Film Circle Award. Turning Red won Boston. Marcel uh, did take home New York's film critics online, though. So not the sweep that I think maybe we all expected in the critic circle, but I still I think it's going to be between those two. Marcel Lachelle didn't get officially deemed as an animated feature for Oscars purposes until just a few weeks ago anyway. I think the category should be between those three movies, uh, Turning Red, the Marcel Turning Red the Shell, the third, yeah. Pinocchio, but I do think Pinocchio's probably, it's, it's definitely got to be the betting favorite over the other two. I think Marcel the Shell's probably more of a critic's pick is my guess, even though I will bang the table for that beautiful little seashell <laughs> with shoes on. That is a good movie. I just rewatched it. And I adored it. Uh, we'll, we'll move on to the non-English language film, uh, the best international feature at the Oscars. We had RRR, All Quiet on the Western Front, Argentina 1985, which I just watched. Good lawyer movie, Mike, by the way. Close and Decision to Leave. Look, I think the this is a bit of a category. 
terrible crossover though for the globes and a lot of that is due to the international feature rules mike i mean just for instance we have rrr not eligible at the oscars and we've seen a lot of nominees in the past good movies movies that i agree with should be really strong international feature contenders just not selected by those nations in their selection process so this year you could see holy spider saint omer eo return to soul corsage joyland i think is getting a lot of buzz recently of course bardo the list goes on and on and on uh, but I think uh, I think this is a this is actually a more competitive category in terms of the globes crossing over maybe than in years past. Uh, Triangle of Sadness has won the European Film Award. EO won L.A. Return to Seoul won Boston. Decision to Leave won Washington. <laughs> EO Wide won New Academy. York as well. So that's the only cross the only dual film critic circle winner there belongs to the Donkey Movie. But yeah, this seems to be a wide open category, and they seems to be like relatively well enjoyed films too for yeah. these five slots for the globe. So I'm kind of happy with the selection. This Maybe. seems like a race, and yeah. the fact that I want to bet on the Oscars Best Picture ten going international, I think the fact that it's such a tight race right now in international feature at the Oscars, and I think it would be a tight race, and you know. This category five right there. I think this is a toss-up. Decision to leave, close, Argentina, all quiet, RRR. You can make a strong case, in my opinion, for four of those five. Argentina probably the fifth, but that was a really good movie. You never know. I think this category does not cross over well. It's 50%, 25 out of the last 50. However, 10 out of the last 10 Oscar winners are first nominated at the close. So here you go again. The winner stat is strong. It's six out of 10 winners in common, which India again has to be kicking itself. Yeah. They, they're, they gotta be bummed. So this could be one of those exceptions uh, where again, RRR is getting watched on the, on the campaign trail and certainly with, and it's the, making with the critics noise in other major categories. Absolutely. It's crazy. Absolutely. So maybe, Maybe the outside lane is, is RRR this year, and that might be the case in best picture category. I still think like that that could shake up. Like well, we all think like all these blockbusters are getting in there, but RRR and After Sun. I know that's the British indie. A twenty four is back in it. You never know. It's doing so well on the circuit thus far. So that's the thing, man. You you just don't know. You don't know how strong to take the Golden Globes, and yet the stats bear out that you you have to you have to take them into consideration which is why Feinberg's forecast today shifted in a huge way after these globe nominations because essentially it's pushing these screeners to the top of every screener pile right yeah. which is not the case for the Boston Society of Film Critics I'm sorry to say they could pick Pearl and X for cinematography Michael the LA Film Critics could pick EO the the uh, New York Online could pick Nope Top Gun could win in DC, but it does. It's not. It doesn't mean the same thing. What was your favorite critics win? It's it's a t- look. I think uh, I think every time Charlotte Wells wins something is like fun, yep. but you know I I the LA the LA ones matter perhaps the most because we we know there's some there's some crossover and there's certainly some influence there. I hope the Bill Nye win matters. So I, mm. I, I, I want him to uh, get nominated. I think he deserves that at this point in his career. I think he's really good in living. It's a very good movie. Talk about a director that's 
low-key, pretty extraordinary, and Oliver Hermanos. So Sony could campaign the hell out of that. That's a good, a good supporting actress performance by Amy Lou Wood of uh, Sex Education, by the way. Uh, she's in there as well. So that that was fun. I was I was pumping my fist when I saw Bill Nye win. How much would you pay to have a live feed set up for a Christmas party between the cast of Women Talking and the cast of Jackass Forever? Zero dollars. No, Bullshit. no. <laughs> <laughs> Those two, Jackass Forever and Women Talking, winning ensemble cast at the Boston Society of Film Critics. Oh my God, I just don't want to be anywhere near that. I just, that. you're right. No, the, 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 if this is if this is what it takes to get you to a gala, you will be the Mike, Mike and Oscar Sarah. representative. <laughs> I saw somebody who's part of the voting body in Boston reach out to Sarah Polly and be like, look, you have to understand I did everything in my power to vote for you to win this, this category. But once I saw we had a true horse race coming on between you and Jackass, then I, uh, I, I did everything I could to make sure it ended up in a tie. Oh my God. And she, and Sarah Polly responded by saying, we want, we see the only way to, to bring peace to this is to break bread with our, co-winners so they off she actually offered to take the jackass ensemble out to dinner with the woman talking ensemble i have no idea how serious that is but that's where i got the joke from and i love that sarah polly had enough of a sense of humor about it all to respond in that way that is brilliant i hope they just i hope they film that entire thing for your sake (laughs) because you deserve as much especially after all the research you did here today That is your Golden Globes lineup for the 2023 awards show. Uh, probably should have, we put a little disclaimer at the top of the episode. We could put one here as well. Look, we know uh, the HFPA is still on MMO suspension for all intents and purposes. The uh, We kind of talked amongst ourselves here, and, and the reason we're covering this is because of how important it seems to be to the Oscars race and how momentous it may be going forward for award shows in general coming on TV and on cable specifically. So we want to keep our eye on it. But uh, as always, our stance with the Golden Globes has always been stop talking about it and just do it. They have talked about changes. They've showed they've made some changes. But then when their feet are kept to the fire in the ways like their nominations were today, there's stuff to still be upset about, and I think rightfully yeah. so. If anyone wants to kind of take their jabs at the HFPA for what they did with the rector this year especially, I think it's not only easy to do but necessary because there were two directors who are both women sitting right there who deserve to be nominated at any award show, uh, and, and they instead went with the, uh, the four legacy Hollywood picks instead there. But I guess one step forward, one step back for the HFPA as far as these noms go, Mike? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many more Fez hat wearing jokes I want to make going forward because it's a it's a bummer. It really is. And look, we the industry needs a couple of big precursors. It's it's a it's a bummer because this was a huge ratings getter. This was a this was big business for the industry. It was big business for award season. It was important. It was important for the Oscars. It was important for the film promotion that we want to do here to have multiple primetime award shows that ju- that get huge ratings and get people into theaters and get people seeing these movies that mean so much to to us and a lot of people and they could and they they let us down the golden globes yeah. for so many years i mean we relegated them the last few years uh, to to backs of episodes and we really didn't want to cover it we didn't even title episodes about the golden globes because we're like aggravated with them obviously and we're we're the least of the you know issues for them in that regard but so yeah so you you can take your jabs at us uh, why are we covering it now but i we 
unfortunately, we think it is news. It's it does feel like it is going to play caveat. a big role, right? I mean, yeah. it doesn't feel like it, this is kind of an indictment of the industry at large, too. It doesn't feel like all that much has changed in terms of the Golden Globes' importance. I think it's important this year, and it's it's it, it, for better or for worse, for good or for ill. We had the opening in the schedule last year. Something could have stepped up and could have tried to take its claim. It seemed like the Critics' Choice might have tried to do that, but it just nothing got traction. No, the, in fact, the the industry is weakened a little bit in terms of the uh, in terms of opening the tent because the SAGs are still looking for they're yeah. still looking for a t- TV home. And I and hope they th- go that's, streaming, Michael. But yeah, I don't. That's know. where I I land on too. I do think keep paying attention to where the Golden Globes end up in terms of cable or broadcast or streaming is very important too. Because if the SAGs are still not looking for a home, I wonder how easy it's going to be for something like this to find a home. It's with it's the baggage that great. comes with it. Yeah. It's not no. looking great, but I mean, it's it's a funds problem too because they're probably asking for too much. They got to recalibrate the. Uh, again, this is why, you know, we don't uh, sell these things. I don't. Uh, I don't talk up the value. I'm not going to be the. <laughs> I'm doing a terrible job of selling the wares of the business, but I don't give a shit, right? I mean, <laughs> well, it's not, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna way. fail at selling one award show, I think it's okay for it to be this one. Yeah, right. But uh, yeah. it's yeah, it's not looking great right now. They got to lower their damn price. Yeah, <laughs> is what's the truth of it. Well, there you go. That's uh, that's the Mike, Mike, and Oscar stance on the Golden Globes and where we sit with it. And where make you sit less with it. money, you jerks. <laughs> where you sit with it are these doms. And as always, dear listener, what matters most to us are your thoughts on these nominations and this slate of noms from the HFPA and the supposedly so-called new and improved HFPA. Do you see it as new and improved? Is there any snub or miss that has you most irate and upset? Is there anything uh, that we overlook that you want to get irate and upset with us about? Are you along for the ride? Do you see any uh, whether surprise noms that you are very heartened by and happy with? Let us know all of that as well as any other thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns about anything else we do here in the MMO Empire. As always, you can leave us all of those on our social medias. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram at MM and Oscar on Twitter, Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com and on Reddit. We're available wherever you do hear podcasts. If you're listening to us on either the Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud app, or Spotify app. I will never get Spotify and SoundCloud straight in my head ever again. On the Spotify mm-hmm. app is what I should have said there, or on SoundCloud, I guess. If you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review, if you appreciate what we do here, those help us out a ton. Thank you to everyone who has done so thus far. Michael, more news and info on the horizon for us, right? Tell the good people what's coming next, and let's have some words of wisdom. Critics' Choice are tomorrow? Tomorrow? No, wait. Yeah, tomorrow. Oh, my God. It's today, tomorrow? when you're hearing tonight. Yeah. I don't know what's happening, but anyway, we're recording this Tuesday night, and uh, we will be releasing it on Wednesday, the day of the Critics' Choice Awards, uh, and we'll be doing that after uh, we see Avatar recording that on Friday for like a weekend thing. So, I mean, we're getting the things a little later, but we're we're I mean, we're still week of, and uh, it's it's a lot of Oscar race checkpoints, like we were saying. It's it'll be another Oscar race checkpoint. Uh, the middle of next week when the shortlists come out before Christmas there. And then I think we'll review a movie after that. I think we're, we're, <laughs> we're think about for, mo- reviewing a movie. Yeah. We may no look at, we've been doing reviewing like a, a handful of movies the last yeah. few Oscar's checkpoints. So we may do a film study a good old fashioned film study. We, uh, I miss those with you, my friend, and maybe we'll just do one for a polarizing movie like Babylon, perhaps, which might be too much movie for the both of us, but <laughs> we can handle it at this point. I don't want to do an avatar the way 
way of what I was going to say. One study. to ten. How excited are you to watch Avatar? I'm I'm excited. I am. I truly am. I, I may even watch t- 2009's Avatar. But you're right. I mean, it's not like the I don't need it as much as I need to see a crazy ass party movie, even if it's a 50 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't mm. give a shit. I just want to see a crazy ass <laughs> movie, which I think is what we're getting. Bring back house. Movies. Bring back House of Gucci is what I seriously heard don't you. What, if you could put push play on Babylon or Avatar right oh, now, not even not even a discussion. Not even a discussion. Yeah, so that's 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 our speed right now. Yeah. So we'll probably review Babylon, and uh, yeah, talk to us about it online. It'll be words of wisdom for the day. Now, I mean, will Mike bite your head off with something crazy? Uh, perhaps. No, I, I think most likely. <laughs> I think I think we come like across Donald Sutherland as the professor in Animal House after he takes the hit of weed. It's not going to mess me up. It's, it's a distinct possibility. <laughs> the the more you research this stuff. Sometimes the William Goldman thing comes into your head. I mean, nobody knows nothing, really. We 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 come up with all the stats, we make all our punditry arguments, but the truth is, like this is fluid and your opinions could be right on. Absolutely, yeah. no matter how where you're at in in terms of your study of the season and and we want to hear that. We want to want to hear your theories so we can take credit for them later. <laughs> no, I think uh we'll happily we'll happily retweet you and we'll have we've been doing that too. So, we'll happily uh We do try to give out as much credit as we can. We'll happily put on the tinfoil hats with you and then we will basically uh yeah, we'll believe any fucking shit you tell us. Go Jamie Lee Curtis. Stay home, Judd Hirsch. <laughs> we'll go down the rabbit holes with and you. And we will all go down together. Especially when Judd Hirsch is involved. Yes, I want to hear all the Judd Hirsch. I want to hear all the Judd Hirsch campaigning solutions. And we'll, we'll give them to Universal. Thank you. Uh, Christ. Guys. When reality or your co-host taste and best supporting actor sucks, you can come recap the Globes with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round. Without the stuffiness, we will see you all very soon. See you.